episode 19 of the Radio Omnigot podcast. My name is Simon Eger, and in this episode I will be talking about pigeons and creoles. What they are, how they develop, what they sound like, how they're structured, and so on. Incidentally, the tune you heard at the beginning of this episode was one I wrote a while ago called Time to Play, or Absari Huare. And that recording was made entirely on the guitar. All the sounds you hear come from the guitar. So, what is a pidgin? Well, according to dictionary.com, a pidgin, or pidgin language, is an auxiliary language that has come into existence through the attempts by speakers of two different languages to communicate, and that is primarily a simplified form of one of the languages, with a reduced vocabulary and grammatical structure, and considerable variation in pronunciation, or more loosely, any simplified or broken form of a language, especially when used for communication between speakers of different languages. The Merriam-Webster Dictionary defines pidgin as a simplified speech used for communication between people with different languages. So the word pidgin apparently was first used in the early 19th century, according to the Oxford Dictionary, it was first used in 1807, in writing at least, and is a Chinese pronunciation of the English word business. And in the 19th century, when European traders were trying to sell things in China, They didn't know much Chinese, and the Chinese didn't know much English or other European languages, and a form of pidgin developed there known as Chinese pidgin English. And originally, the word pidgin just referred to this form of speech, and later on it became used to refer to other simplified contact languages. So a pidgin arises when you have people who don't have a common language trying to communicate with each other. It's maybe when people are trying to trade with each other, trying to sell things to each other, or when they go and visit another country. You find when tourists visit other countries, they may know a few words of the local language, and they'll use those and gestures and try and communicate with the locals. And if the native language of the tourists is English, they'll often find that locals speak at least some English, so they can just about manage to communicate in a very simplified form of English. So this is a kind of pidgin. It's a language that's temporarily, usually, develops as needed for very simple communication needs. So it lacks many of the bells and whistles of fully formed languages. For example, things like verb tenses and conjugations, noun declensions, often get thrown out of the window because they're quite difficult to learn. So this happens as well when people are learning a new language and they're trying to communicate before they know all the grammar and other vocabulary and everything, so they just use whatever they know to try and get their message across. And they speak what is effectively a pidgin form of that language. And if they're speaking to someone, a native speaker, who is patient and will try to understand what they're saying, then they'll be able to communicate. So pigeons have been around for a long time. There's many different versions of them that combine different languages in many different ways. For example, I mentioned Chinese pidgin English, and there's also pigeons spoken in many different places. One that was spoken for a long time around the Mediterranean was Mediterranean lingua franca, or sabir. Lingua franca means the language of the Franks, but it wasn't the language of the Franks, exactly. It was a way to communicate, used by sailors and traders and merchants and other people who needed to travel around the Mediterranean, and it was based on languages and dialects spoken particularly in northern Italy, in southern France, in Spain, and around the Mediterranean. It includes words from Arabic, Greek, and Turkish, and the Berber languages of North Africa, and had very simplified grammar, the verbs didn't conjugate, for example, and the way people spoke it depended on their mother tongues and the mother tongues of the people they were speaking to. 
So each time it was used, it was probably a bit different. And it was used around the Mediterranean for nearly a thousand years, from about the 11th century to the 19th century. And I will be finding out more about this, so I can do a talk on it, on the Polyglot Cruise in 2020, which will be setting sail from Barcelona on the 18th of April in 2020, and will be a week of polyglottery on a luxury cruise liner, visiting various ports in Spain, Italy and Malta. I'll be there, and other polyglots will be there. And if you would like to come along, there's only a limited number of places, I think 100, and it's quite expensive, but if you would like to give it a go, you can get a discount of $50 if you use the offer code OMNIGLOT. That's O-M-N-I-G-L-O-T. So let's get back to pigeons. Pigeons can arise spontaneously, they can stick around for a while, and in some communities where pigeons are used by many adults, they may come from different speech communities, and they get married, they have children, and those children will grow up, and their only language that, language they hear from their parents will be some form of pigeon. And the children will create a more complex version of that language, which becomes a creole, at least that is how creoles are thought to be formed. There are other ideas about how creoles emerge. For example, some linguists believe that adult speakers of pigeons, when they come together and form a community, they kind of pool their their language together and it develops into a more complex form of language, which we can call a creole. And their children will also elaborate it as well, but it's not just the children who do it. So let's def- define creoles. Creolized language is a pidgin that has become the native language of a speech community, according to dictionary.com. Or according to Merriam-Webster dictionary, a creole is a language that has evolved from a pidgin, but serves as the native language of a speech community. And the word creole was first used in the 17th century and comes from the Portuguese criolo, meaning a slave born in one's household, or a person of European descent born in the colonies because the word Creole can also refer to people of mixed ethnicity, for example, people of European and African descent, and probably comes from the Portuguese word criar, to bring up, from the Latin creare, to create. So you could say that Creoles are constructed languages, although unlike conlangs, they're not constructed by one person, they are collectively constructed and they can become very useful in places like uh, Papua New Guinea, where there are hundreds of different languages spoken. There is an English-based creole known as Tokpisin, or Tok Pidgin. It's known as Pidgin, but it's actually a creole because it is spoken as a native language by about 120,000 people, and many more people use it as a lingua franca to communicate with people with whom they don't share a common language. And it's one of the official languages of Papua New Guinea. And in Vanuatu, where many languages are spoken also, have a Creole language called Bislama, which comes from the French Beche la Mer, which is the French word for a sea cucumber, a kind of creature that is found in that area. Bislama is also known as Vanuatu Pidgin English, although it is in fact a Creole, as I've mentioned. It has its own grammar, And I happen to have a book about it, which my brother brought back from Vanuatu. A few years ago, he sailed around the world, and during that voyage, he visited Vanuatu and a number of other islands. And while he was there, he got hold of this book by Daryl Tryon, called Every something you want them save long bislama, be you free to must belong ask him, which means everything you wanted to know about bislama, but you were afraid to ask. 
Now, I'm not entirely sure about how to pronounce it. It does have a guide, but it's not entirely clear how to pronounce all the vowels. Because it says, for example, A as in but or cut, but in what variety of English do they mean? So the, the consonants are pretty straightforward. It has F, F as in finger, H as in house, K as in king, L as in lamp, M as in mouse, N as in nothing, N as in sing, P as in spin, R as in run, S as in swim, T as in stand, W as in water, and Y as in yard. So I think from this description that K, P and T are not aspirated. Then the vowels are A as in but or cut, E as in bet in closed syllables, and A elsewhere, E as in bit in closed syllables, and E elsewhere, O as in long in closed syllables, and O elsewhere, O as in put in closed syllables, and O elsewhere. It doesn't actually explain what a closed syllable is, though. I assume it's one with a vowel followed by a consonant. And then there are some diphthongs which are not really explained. So the, the pronunciation key is not entirely helpful, as is the case with a lot of phrase books and other language-type courses. So let's have a look at some common phrases in Bislama. Apologies for the pronunciation. If I get it wrong, I'll do my best. Olesem wanem igud. How are things? Okay? Igud, normal. Just fine. Thank you, Thomas. Thank you very much. Please, please. Good morning. Good morning. Good night. Good night. Name belong me. Simon. My name is Simon. Nokim you. See you later. Tata. Goodbye. Me no sabe. I don't know. You sabe? Do you know? Wait small. Wait a minute. Hurry up please. Please hurry. Me glad Thomas. I'm very happy. Here's some examples of sentences. Fis ya im ino wan bonit. This fish is not a tuna fish. Fis ya im iwan sak nomo. This fish is just a shark. Man ya jif belong mifala. This man is our chief. Name belong em pita. His name is Peter. And here's some more phrases with a slightly different structure. Peter ilaikem kaikaia. Peter likes this food. So the structure of that is Peter is Peter, obviously. Ilaikem, he likes. Kaika is food, I think, and ya must be this. So that's interesting. So the definite article comes after the noun. So I like f- this food is me likem kaikaia. And if Peter broke his leg, or Peter, Peter i brekem leg belong em. I said belong is used as a general preposition. It has a variety of meanings, it seems. So in this case, Peter, he break, leg, belong, him. So you can see, or you can hear, that the structure is quite different to English. And let's have a look at the pronouns. So I or me is me. You, singular, is you. He is em or hem. Her is e. And that can also, they can also mean it. We, us, is you, me, you and me. We, us, that's excluding people you're addressing. So it's just us two, really. Me, fella. You, plural, is you, fella. They is olgeta. All together, I think that comes from. And then there's other ones. So we, us, including the addressee, is you, me, too, fella. And we, us, excluding the addressee, is me, too, fella. And you, too, you, too, fella. And them, too, too, fella. So the pronouns are much more complex than in English. There's more distinctions are made. That's interesting. 
And the word order is same as English. You've got subject, verb, object. So you hit me, you killing me. I hit you, me killing you. So the verbs don't change and the pronouns don't change like they do in English. So I and me change in English, but they don't in, in Bislama. There's some more examples of sentences. Paul ifasem good one crab coconut. Paul ties up the coconut crab. So the E, I think, marks he. Fasem good, he fastens good one crab coconut. One crab coconut. Peter i ronem wild pig. Peter hunts wild pig. Woman belong em i sit down long way. His wife is sitting down over there. Oli pikini oli sit down quiet. The children sat quietly. All is all. Pikini is children. Oli must be they. Sit down. Sit down. Quiet. Two falabrata i fix him up track. Two brothers repair tracks. So two falabrata, two brothers, two fellows brother. I fix him up. Fix them up. Truck. Okay, so ya means this and that, or these and those, depending on the context. This man is mania, that coconut, coconosia, this island, islandia, these fish, olfishia. And so the all makes it plural, I think. Olstonia, these stones. Tu la canuya, those two canoes. And there's another way to make the distinction between this and that. Hausia, this house. Hausia, long way. That house. So possessives, you use belong from belong, I suppose. So my house is house belong me. Oh, that's nice. The bathroom is a room belong swim. James's dog, dog belong James. The chief's dog, dog belong chief. And verbs don't change for tense or number or anything else. Well, when it is necessary to indicate that something happens at a particular time, you can use time words like today, yesterday, tomorrow, long supper in the evening, well morning in the morning, last week, last week, and so on. For example, yesterday, Emmy came through long seven o'clock. He arrived at seven o'clock yesterday. There's also other ways to do this. You can indicate a completed action using finis, from finish, I suppose. Emmy came finis, she has come already. Or you sleep finis, they are asleep. Or you cook them yam finis, they have cooked the yams. And then the future tense, you can use bambai or bai. Bambai yumi go long market. We shall go to the market. Bambai pasta i marry them tufala. The pasta will marry them. And then you can use stop from stop, I suppose, to indicate an action that is ongoing. For example, all woman only stop sit down. The women are sitting down. Emi stop kakai. He is eating. But this can also be used to mean to be in the place, to stay. Gustav where? Where do you live? Um, Negation is indicated by no. For example, Emi no come back. He did not come back. Mi no save mania. I don't know this man. Well, okay, that gives you a a glimpse of Bislama or Vanuatu Pidgin English. It has its own grammatical rules and structure. The words sound like English, but when it's spoken by a fluent speaker, it doesn't sound much like English at all. And other creoles are similar, even though they may be based on English or French or Spanish or Portuguese or another language. They don't sound a lot like the original language. Initially, maybe you think, oh, that sounds like a funny form of English. But when you listen more closely, you think, no, I don't really understand that at all. So these are definitely separate languages. 
And now let's listen to some samples of Creoles being spoken by native speakers or fluent speakers. These all come from YouTube. The first one is Bislama from Wikitongues. Uh, Apart from a few odd words, I didn't understand anything really. How about you? And now here's an example of Talk Piscine. This is from EMTV on YouTube. Here now I'm all MTV National News headline long Talk Piscine, Miet Nevelchoy. All engineer Saverman, long works department, he talk Rodbrook, number long Kainantuna Yonki. By needing money mark, in up long 5 million kina long stretching. Long trinder last week, this per half road, he been broke behind him big per na tight water. This per road broke, he have a money mark long heavy long eastern highlands province. Because this la road, I mean lifeline, lo people, lo Papua New Guinea. Now, government too, and lo tintin blogger, and so have a clear Hamas population is a benefit through lo this la road. Long Bulolo district, Long Morabe province, Big Platite Wara, Ibagarapimol Garden Kaikai, Na Downimol House, behind Long Big Platite Pundown, close to one week all getter. Bulolo district, now we walk Long Yusimol Kanu, Long Karimol Manmeri, Long House Blongol, Igo all getter Long Big Platite And now here's an example of Haitian Creole, or Creole Aisin, which is a French based Creole spoken in Haiti mainly. Bonjour, Mouelle Castellin Silus, c'est mon soci Haiti. Ma PC raconte l'histoire de la vie moi et pour pour dire comment arriver ici en Californie côté ma petite côté ma ville. Moi j'étais élevé en Haïti, sorti dans une ville en dehors qui est les gens belle, tout près de la mer. Parents de travail comme professeur dans lycée de de Jean-Abel. Quelles ont été pensées? plus opportunités en étranger ou t'es plus meilleure éducation? À l'étranger, c'est pour ça que j'ai décidé de vivre avec ma tante moi en Floride. J'étais tout petit. Je peux actually understand quite a bit of that. Many of the words are the same or similar to French. The grammar is different, but there's enough words I understand there to get the gist of what she's saying. And now it's time for another tune. I think this is the Frog's Excuse or Esquisse de a tune I wrote back in August 2018, originally on the harp, but this recording is on the Cavaquinho guitar and whistle. idea of what pigeons and creoles are all about. You can find notes on this episode and other episodes of the Radio Omnigot podcast at omnigot.com slash radio. You can leave any comments you have and any suggestions for future episodes there. 
You can find me on Twitter at Omniglossia. On Facebook, there is an Omniglot fan club. If you're not already a member, do feel free to join if you'd like to. You can contact me at feedback at omniglot.com. My name is Simon Ager. I hope you found this interesting. And that's all I have to say for now about pigeons and creoles. So goodbye. Looking you. Ta-ta.